what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling. So, uh, hello everybody, it's uh, Stephen Jackson here, aka stj215 for bbgwrestling.com with another great interview. Uh, this time I'm joined by uh, wrestling documentary maker extraordinaire Kenny Johnson. So, how are you doing, Kenny? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. This is usually uh, I'm usually on the other end of asking questions, so this is uh, this is uh, a little bit un- unique and new for me. I'm usually not the one being asked the questions. So, yeah, thanks for having me. No, no, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you for uh, allowing me to um, take part in an interview today with you. And, um, you know, it's uh, like I've just said before I started recording, I'm a massive fan of your your work, or I have been for several years. And, you know, I, I just feel very lucky to be able to, you know, talk to you today about, you know, um, your career in sort of wrestling filmmaking, if anything. Um, so thank you. Yeah, no, that's it's great. I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk about these things and uh hopefully i have some entertaining and fun stories so yeah go, <laughs> thanks for having me now you're welcome so in terms of um the actual sort of um love of the documentary making and the filmmaking did it come from wrestling or was it something you've always had outside of wrestling you know were you a big movie buff when you were growing up or you know did you enjoy watching documentaries growing up which sort of inspired you to follow that path it kind of goes a little bit hand in hand at, at one point. So I, I've been a big fan of movies since I was a little kid. It's, you know, I've, I've, I grew up with a single mother and at, at times when she'd be away working, I would be watching TV and watching movies. And it's just something I, I, I liked doing. And I, I got it at a young age, you know, I understood that these were fictional things that I'm seeing on screen and I was able to kind of put these things together and I always ask questions like, well, how do they do this? Or how do they make that? Like I have a pretty early memory of like as a kid watching uh, Terminator 2 <laughs> Judgment Day, which is probably <laughs> not the best film to watch as a little kid. But I, I remember watching it and, and always being amazed by the special effects that were in it and and just how they were able to kind of tell this story. And it's just always something that it just clicked with me. And as I got older, I, you know, I, I went to um i started making these uh i started making a fun show with my friends as a a, it was kind of a fake documentary (laughs) uh, about a it's a it's a fake reality show about a person who gets a reality show who doesn't want it and i made it for public access oh it was just my friends and i goofing off and having a fun time and that was really it just us getting together and laughing and then we you know make a little tv show and edit it and put together and that's when i really started to kind of understand the the workings of technically how to make something how to make a visual story i went to college for it uh studied filmmaking uh and then when i got out of college i began to wonder okay well what's the next step here what am i supposed to do and i went to uh, an independent wrestling show and up to this point i had been a fan of wrestling because I saw the similarities between wrestling and movies. It's storytelling. That's all it is. It's yeah. 
it's these fictional fictionalized characters that are larger than life and you know it's it's kind of this theatrical movie making and uh, i was also really into theater too so it's like all these things kind of combined into wrestling and i was like this is i love it you know i i totally get it i'm totally on board with it and once i got out of college like i said i went to an independent wrestling show and it was there i began to kind of like look around and see the weird world that was independent wrestling it was this small promotion uh, that was run by Greg Excellent, who was a star in CZW. And it was in a small pr- uh, promotion called GBW. And in GBW, one of their rising stars was Adam Cole. Oh, and yes. Ad- Adam Cole had only been wrestling maybe a year or so at this point. I think this is like 2008, 2009, I want to say. And... I remember going to the show. It was in this weird, like little arcade soccer, indoor soccer, <laughs> football, uh, gymnasium thing. Half of it was the wrestling ring, and they had the lights set up, and you know, guys are sitting around selling merch. And the other half was this little. Uh, I, I don't know what it was like these kids playing soccer and they had like this little net over on the side <laughs> and they're having a good time while there's this wrestling show happening over a couple feet away from them. And I remember just looking around and, you know, like, oh man, this is, this is great. Um, the, this, this weird wacky world, there's gotta be a story here. And that's when I started talking to some of the wrestlers, I started talking to Greg, I started talking to Adam Cole and like, Hey, we interested in me making a documentary about you i never really making a documentary up to this point all of my stuff had been more narrative films and short films and they weren't really clicking it really wasn't i wasn't finding like my voice and uh i i kind of began to found uh find a voice within documentary and wrestling thanks to this small promotion thanks to guys like adam cole and, and greg excellent so that's that's kind of how those things go hand in hand. That's how I I got I'm well, big big fan of movies, big fan of wrestling. All kind of came crashing together. It's, that's that's incredible. You know, um, I remember myself seeing uh, Adam Cole um, very early in his career for um, Dragon Gate USA against Kyle O'Reilly in one of the mm-hmm. prelim matches in about 2009, yep. and. Um, just I knew he was an instant star straight away and when I found your documentary sort of following him in those early years um you can just see where it was headed you know and you know um he's you know on fire today in NXT and his career in Ring of Honor and the you know the independent scene he's just you know one of the best in the world um and you know, in terms of the movies as well, you know, Terminator 2, phenomenal movie. Great, yeah. great movie, you know. Because uh, one of my other questions that you kind of answered it already is what, what were some of your, as well as Terminator 2, what were some of your favorite films or movies uh, when you were growing up? Or also what um, inspired you uh, the most sort of when you did see a movie or a, a documentary? Where was it sort of um, the visual style of something came along and you thought, yeah, that's something I'd like to be able to take on myself. Yeah. I, I always like kind of more quirky comedy offbeat things. I was a really big fan and still am a big fan of Wes Anderson. And if you look at his style and my style, it's nothing. (laughs) Um, 
kind of the tone of his movies. Um, you know, I, I love all the symmetrical shots and the symmetry and all these things and the wonderful sets and all the great quirky characters he has. Like those are the things that I, I, I find funny. I have like a dark sense of humor <laughs> and a uh, very dry sense of humor. Uh, Wes Anderson was probably one of my favorite filmmakers. Um, but I also really like uh, people like Danny Boyle, uh, oh, yeah. uh, train spotting. I absolutely love train spotting. Um, and, and some of the things that I guess maybe have a little bit of an influence on me, especially a little bit more in the earlier days, I, I'd use like more of a telephoto lens and like zoom in a lot. And um, Michael Mann was another one uh, oh, yeah. because he uses a lot of telephoto lenses and it's these, you know, and it almost it's almost like he's spying on these these underground doings, you know, and, and you know, <laughs> films like Heat and stuff like that, you know. Um, a uh, big fan of him. Uh, probably the biggest influence on me as far as like documentary filmmaking goes is is uh, Errol Morris, who did um, countless films from uh, The Thin Blue Line to um, w- w- one of my personal favorites, Tabloid, um, to uh, he's done like just countless documentaries and his style is usually the characters looking directly at the lens and talking to the lens almost like a little bit of an interrogation and that's kind of very similar to my style i i wanted uh the wrestlers to talk and look directly at the lens uh it was a from a technical standpoint it's usually just me filming so it makes things a little bit easier so i can stare directly at the monitor and also it can it also kind of has a an intimate way for the person talking on screen to connect with uh, the audience at home watching. So, yeah, he, he was a big one. Uh, Herzog, of course, is kind of the master documentary filmmaker, another guy I really look to, um, especially with him finding these offbeat, interesting people that he finds along the ways in life. And uh, once again, that's just something that I've always... Um, I've always liked, you know, I've always been a little bit of an outcast, a little bit of a weirdo. So I felt like, um, that was a way to, to, those are people that really spoke to me and and I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, another good one. Uh, Edgar Wright, I love, I love hot fuzz. Uh, Robert Altman, Robert Altman, um, Robert Altman's a big one, especially, um, and Paul Thomas Anderson. There's, I had like gigantic list of, of people that I absolutely <laughs> love. Even David Lynch to a little bit of an extent mm. at times. And I kind of mess around a little bit with the experimental storytelling. Usually when I get really bored and I'm trying to <laughs> just think of something new. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm kind of like all over the place. I like everything from uh, RoboCop to Wings of Desire to <laughs> freaking Citizen Kane, Apocalypse Now, The Big Lebowski. Like, it's like, it's, I'm just... I just like movies and I will watch them. I I usually watch almost a movie a day at times. So yeah, it's, it's kind of obscene. So, but yeah, (laughs) you say that's incredible. Um, (laughs) If I wish I had a time to watch a movie a day, um, it tends to be more so wrestling for me, but um, we're working full time. It's kind of, uh, sort of taking a bit of a dip but you know I'm, I'm trying and especially with covid hitting it's been sort of a bit um you know hit and miss um but that's that's 
uh, who's who in terms of you know filmmaking and I can definitely see um, I mean I'm quite a big film fan as well and I can definitely see influences of you know several of the directors and several of the um, you know directing styles you've just mentioned with um, you know your work Um, and one of the interesting things you did mention was that um, and one of the things that struck me as a fan is that as you said you wanted to make it about the um, the wrestlers so with them speaking directly to the camera and they are very intimate your documentaries and your subjects of your documentaries um it's been kind of known throughout the history of professional wrestling that this kind of a bit of an unwritten code that it's kind of going behind the curtain you know is a bit of a not a no-no but it, it has to be done with a certain amount of respect and privilege i mean did you mm-hmm. i did did you have any resistance from any promoters or any of the wrestlers in terms of actually filming them maybe in a bit more of a personal light than what would be expected from their outgoing sort of professional personas? Um, so when I was first doing the, the very first thing with like Adam Cole and such, I was, I was very careful about what to show and what not to show. But after, after a while I began to befriend everybody and they they trusted me in a sense so i was they they would let me come backstage and like do stuff so i didn't i i can't think of any moments where i was ever met with any resistance mainly because i'm just very careful and very respectful of everybody's space you know i'm not going to walk backstage with a camera on and start filming things or I, I always, even to this day, I will always contact a promotion if I do go to any promotion and say, hey, my name is Kenny Johnson. I've done such and such. Am I, can I come and film these certain things? And luckily, I've gotten to the point now where people are, oh, yeah, of course. There's no problem at all. Of course you can come. You know, they, you know, they, they were usually very open to it. Um, but I'm always very respectful of everybody's space. And I know just through talking with people, hanging out with wrestlers and, and them trusting me at the end of the day. And cause I tell them, you know, you, you, it's a, it's a partnership that I'm forming with these, these individuals yeah. so they can, they can trust me. Yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to take advantage of that. So, um, yeah, it just, it comes back to it being respectful of everyone's space, knowing how to carry yourself backstage and, um, just knowing what to show and what what not to show. I, I don't want to expose everything in 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 regards to wrestling. There's I kind of like having a little bit of that magic and in, in mystery still there. <clears throat> and I, I not everybody needs to know all that stuff, you know. Um I'm I'm not like um I'm not gonna be documenting and showcasing all the drama that's backstage with everybody's lives because mm-hmm. no matter what profession you're in there's there's always going to be some drama and bickering and all kinds of crazy stuff happening so um yeah it's just luckily i haven't had anybody walk up and slap the camera out of my hand and be like what are you doing filming here um because usually everybody kind of knows who i am at this point and or if they don't know who i am uh, somebody in the locker room knows who I am and they can vouch for me to an extent. And, you know, I, I go in, do what I need to do and then and leave, you know, and, and, and try to be very respectful and, and make friends with everybody. So that's that's really what it, that's what it's all about. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, that comes through so much in the documentaries I've seen that it it really is kind of a journey you take with all the people you um you know you either interview or who you make documentaries of. And in terms of the wrestling side of things, it really is a, a who's who in terms of who you have actually um, had as interview subject and documentary subject. So as you mentioned, Adam Cole, uh, Johnny Gargano, uh, Joey Janela, the Bad Boy, PCO, mm-hmm. and of course um, Maxwell, uh, Jacob Friedman. Uh, MJF. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of those people in particular, um, just because they're the ones I've listed, are you proud of where they've kind of gone in their careers? But also, was it always fun seeing how they would react to being filmed in a way? Because, I mean, for example, um, you know, Joey, Johnny Gargano is completely different to Joey Janela, who's completely different to PCO, who's completely different to MJF. I mean, was that always a fun thing as well to see how they would respond um, on camera? Yeah. Um, and I have to say, I kind of feel like I was always at the right place at the right time. I would kind of ride the wave (laughs) of them kind of taking off, you know, like Johnny Gargano, like I, you know, I've heard, I heard about him for years up to that point. And I I knew that there was a unique story with him and Caden. And I knew, you know, talking to him, talking to him, he's just this very nice down to earth guy. And that was a great kind of way for me to, because I hadn't done a lot of wrestling documentaries in a while uh, up to that point. Like I'd taken a little bit of a break and I wanted to get back into it. And he was kind of a, a good way to kind of get me back in the door. This nice kind of good story of, you know, uh, a wrestler befriending a fan. And Johnny just being this all heart, super captivating uh, nice guy was a great way to kind of get me ease me back into the wrestling world right and then you know yeah. you have you, I, I interview joey and joey's just an open book you know he's <laughs> he's kind of um i think i've heard people say before in the past they love documenting uh rock stars because rock stars are just this is them man this is they're open you know they're partying having a good time they're being perfectly honest they don't care what people think about them and that was kind of joey janella and that was a great moment where I was just like able to hang out with him at his house and talk with his mom and <laughs> do this and that and just have this kind of chaotic world around me. And, and that was a, a, another good little point where I was like, oh, man, wrestling is crazy at times. And then you get to a guy like PCO, who is at that point was having this resurgence, this crazy resurgence. And I caught him once again, right at like that perfect time where it was like right before he was signed with the ring of honor. And, um, he kind of went more into the Frankenstein type of gimmick, but just the super nice, almost like a, like a father figure kind of role. He's just this, he's seen some things and he was willing to talk about it, but he just wanted to look out for people and, you know, kind of be an, a nicer guy at this point you know so he and it was great to just to hear him talk about all the all the stuff that he's been through because he had yeah. such a long career at that point mm. and so it was just that was great to talk to him um and then you know guys like uh guys like max who is who is this up and coming rising star. And once again, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And I remember talking to him about this idea for this crazy documentary. And, and, uh, we wanted to do something really creative and imaginative and just kind of break all the rules in regards to, uh, wrestling documentaries. And, you know, he's just this, 
goofy wild kid that had only been in the business for a couple of years at that point and he was kind of willing to to do it all and you know he's got great comedic timing and a lot of he's just fun <laughs> he's a funny weird weird kid to be around um but yeah and, and then seeing what he's accomplished now is is absolutely incredible you know he's on you know national television and you know same with johnny and even pco and 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 joey joey janela too so it's like man uh i i've been lucky to have been, been very fortunate to find these guys at, at that at that right moment and be like hey would you be <laughs> up for me uh asking you a few questions you know you're gonna stare at the camera and you say whatever you want and they're like yeah go right ahead so <laughs> it's um yeah it's phenomenal i mean you know I, I, especially i would say um mjf i mean that that documentary when i did watch it you see how young he looks but mm-hmm. i mean he's young now he, he's in his early 20s and the the talent he has got in terms of as you said his comedic timing but also just in terms of his charisma and the way he holds himself and the the performance the storytelling as you mentioned earlier on he's such an incredible um performing artist in terms of he kind of transcends the world of wrestling in that he truly lives his character and his persona and it really does come through the 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 camera you know um which is and a really unique talent to have and a unique thing to be able to get across to um, wrestling fans who a lot of the times, you know, can be quite cynical and want to look at all the dirt sheets and get behind everything. He's kind of that sort of um, resurgence of that kayfabe world in a way and that he's very um, in his character and I love that about him. I think he's, you know, the sky's the limit for him. Um, yeah. As with Johnny and Joey and even PCO, like you just mentioned, with his resurgence of his career, I mean, who would have thought he would have become the Ring of Honor world champion, you know, um, and at the age he became, you know, 50 years old and, you know, right. working with Villain Enterprises and the match with Walter at Joey Janelle's Spring Break, you know, it's, as you said, it's just all down to perfect timing, um, which brings yeah. me on to another interesting subject about timing which was you came into um uh interesting uh company uh evolve wrestling uh part of wwn live and you produced a lot of documentaries for um evolve and evolve at the time when you came in had kind of had a bit of resurgence in itself because it had sort of gone through a bit of a um roller coaster in terms of you know good times and bad times but they at the time you came in, had got such an an amazing roster of talent, you know, from Timothy Thatcher to um, TJ Perkins, Zack Sabre Jr., mm-hmm. um, Drew Galloway. I mean, how how in terms of your how did you get involved with Evolve? Um, how did you get involved with Evolve? <laughs> yeah. And um, what what was it um, like being part of Evolve at that in, um, awesome time? You know, I mean, it was an incredible time to be a fan watching Evolve. All right, so yeah, uh, how did I get involved with Evolve? How did I get involved with Evolve? Uh, it was thanks to that Johnny docu- uh, Johnny Gargano documentary. I made it in 2015, I think, something like that. And uh, Gabe Sapolsky reached out to me, and he said, "Wow, this this Johnny documentary is amazing. Um, would you like to come and do the same kind of thing with our roster?" And at the time, I was like finishing up a, 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 a film. I was working on an independent film with a couple friends, and I was trying to finish that up. And uh, I think my first show was th- with them 
I want to say it was the end of 2015, like November 2015 or something. And Gabe was like, yeah, come and can you make a short on Timothy Thatcher and Drew Gulak? And I was like, sure, why not? You know, I, I, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I didn't really know what to expect. I'd, I'd known Drew Gulak through uh, Adam Cole and Greg Excellent, GBW. He had often wrestled for them and in CZW and stuff. I, I, I knew Drew. Um, I also knew Ethan Page, who was in Evolve at the time. Oh, yeah. uh, I knew I met him through the Johnny Gargano documentary where I went up to uh, I went to Ohio and filmed with Johnny at AIW. So I, I kind of like met all these people. And the very first person that I interviewed was was Timothy Thatcher. And uh, <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to break too much of the Timothy Thatcher facade. Uh, but he, I will say he's probably one of the nicest, coolest guys um, in, in the whole <laughs> wrestling world that I've ever met. And I absolutely loved um, f- filming him and interviewing him. And we were in this, uh, man, it was like a, a small, I think it was in Long Island, I want to say. I, I can't remember the name of the place that we were, they had the show. It was maybe Evolve 49 or 50, something like that. Uh, the main event was Thatcher. Like he was a champion. It was him versus uh, Trevor Lee uh, or uh, uh, Cameron Grimes now, right? And yes. um, yeah, so we we're trying to find some spot to film, and we kind of went outside, and I kind of had a list of questions to ask him. And uh, you know, Tim's an absolute pro, one of the best in the business, and a very good, well-spoken guy who doesn't get to speak as much as he should. But I think that maybe that helps his whole character. But anyway. Uh, yeah, I interviewed him. I interviewed Drew. Um, really simple. Put those things together in these little kind of two, three-minute video package. It was just to kind of help establish and introduce these characters to an audience that maybe had not seen them up to this point. So, uh, yeah, I started putting that together. Gabe just kept inviting me back to these shows. He's like, yeah, come come film, interview this person, interview that person. Uh, John, I think at this point, Johnny Gargano was doing this, the weird thing where he was still teaming with, uh, Champa and he was still working the independence, but then still working at NXT. And it was yeah. right around the time. I think he probably left evolve in the middle of 2016 or something like that towards the end yeah. of it. Um, so he, I made like, you know, I would, I would make more and more stuff for Gabe because he, he would see him like, Oh, this is great. Uh, can you incorporate more of the storylines into these kind of quasi mini documentaries? You know, it's a little bit of a making a documentary about, uh, you know, these characters. So, um, yeah. And then I just started working with everybody, you know, um, uh, uh, McIntyre, uh, was there, um, another awesome dude, super nice. Um, and that was a, I made a fun thing with him and I don't even think that many people watched it, but I liked it because I just wanted to talk to him and highlight his career. We talked about everything, you know, how he was fired from WWE initially and then went to the independence and completely reworked himself and just Mm. became this behemoth, you know, like this monster and just completely took over and then got hired back in the WWE. And, you know, now look at him, he's their uh, world champion. And, um, 
it was just fun just being along and, and meeting all these people. Darby Allen, uh, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, just, just countless, countless people that I met along the way and all got a chance to kind of uh, form friendships and relationships with these individuals and also kind of help people too, try to help find their voice in some areas. You know, I, I began to really work with, with everybody on the roster. Um, it got to a point where Evolve was, you know, bring in a much more younger unknown talent that maybe hadn't gotten a chance to, to, to have, uh, highlighted on a bigger stage guys like JD Drake and Anthony yeah. Henry and, and, and Chris Dickinson and Jocka, um, and, and the, the ultimate mastermind, uh, Stokely Hathaway, and, mm-hmm. uh, Malcolm Bivens is, is probably one of my favorite people ever. <laughs> um, I absolutely love that guy. Um, Lenny Leonard, who is just the, I think one of the best play by play commentary, uh, guys out there. Um, he's saved my ass in more ways than you can even imagine. <laughs> just with his, his commentaries just helped uh, it kind of glue everything together in some of these documentaries. But, um, I think I was, I was making something on, I made something on Chris Dickinson and Jaka and a lot of people at this point, even people on the roster were like, well, I didn't really get who these guys were until you kind of, you know, made a little mini documentary on them. And most of the time it's just me setting up the camera and the lights and the sound. I have a list of questions and I let them kind of just go, you know, it's not really a promo. It's much more of just kind of an interview and, and, and that'll really help um, that'll really help the audience get to know these these individuals and be like, okay, this is a person I like or this is a person I, I don't like. And I kind of kind of let them do their thing and then I'll kind of chime in and kind of, well, make sure we got to hit this certain point to reiterate this uh, certain aspect of a storyline or this is the thing that Gabe said we really got to highlight. And a lot of the times I'll just be like, go ahead, you, you talk, do your thing. Um, we'll kind of do, I always like, I, I would always do, we'll do one take, uh, for Gabe and then we'll do one take for us and when I'm editing and putting it together I kind of use a blend of both you know that's I, cool. yeah I kind of let I kind of let the I kind of let the individual kind of go off on maybe an, uh, an explore a different area that they had not gotten a chance to do but also make sure to reiterate the point that Gabe is trying to communicate with a certain video or a certain uh, person so yeah it's it was fun it was a creative fun and it was mm. It'd be a challenge at times to come up with an idea of, well, how can I do this? How can I, where can I find to do an interview in this small um, Spanish nightclub in <clears throat> Queens, uh, Laboom? Laboom, uh, yeah. I hated that place. God, I, I mean, <laughs> it was it was absolutely fantastic. The crowd was amazing. Uh, the, the lights, the just the, the atmosphere was so good. But man, trying to get to that annoying place in Queens, it was a nightmare to park in. You know, there's nowhere ever to film backstage. I would always have to like just be have to like rack my brain. Where where can we go just to get decent sound? But luckily <laughs> I always I always found something. So it was like a it was a fun creative experiment. And um yeah, it was I, I had a blast working uh and doing stuff with Evolve. Yeah. Um I, I loved all the documentaries. I mean, I followed Evolve since it began, um, and the documentaries really added, as you said, extra layers to the not only to the uh, wrestlers but to the storylines and the journeys of people. I mean, um, seeing Johnny Gargano 
um, leave and evolve and how your documentary kind of um, cemented his legacy and evolve and, you know, moved on to then Matt Riddle coming in and taking over the evolve. Um, mm-hmm. Becoming the face of evolve was really emotional. And then on that same uh, you know, path with, with Matt Riddle, I, I will admit that I did actually cry at Matt Riddle's documentary because of how... It was just, as you said, it was just someone talking to the camera. And and I think, you know, because on the one hand, Matt Riddle seemed so sort of bro nation, bro and all this. And then then it added such a layer of emotion to his story. And that like, it was the, I remember distinctly when he, um, he started breaking down when he said about the, um, you know, he doesn't have to, you know, shovel shovel snowy driveways and he can look after his kids and he can go to Europe and he can go to Mexico and it just it was such a lovely thing to hear from a from a wrestler and to be able to document that from someone I mean did did you expect some of I mean this is kind of a, a question I didn't actually have written down but I will ask mm-hmm. in terms of when as you said you just put the camera in front of people and let them talk was it always kind of a um experience where say for example with the Matt Riddle documentary were you expecting him to get so emotional with what you were asking him or like did did you ever were you surprised sometimes by what was actually caught on camera did it take you by surprise um yeah Matt Matt was a good example of, of that for sure um I th- that I think I where I can't remember where that was maybe it was in uh Detroit or Chicago it was in Detroit I think and I remember this. It was big because it was supposed to be Matt's last show. And I had no intention of going to that show. And, and Gabe, I think, emailed me or called me. And was like, you, you definitely, if you can, get to the show because we really want to do something special with Matt. And I, uh, at that, up to that point, I had formed a, a, a little bit of a, a good friendship, a relationship with Matt. Um, we had actually, we went to uh, China together. Oh, yes. Places. Oh, wow, yeah. We, we, but WWN yeah. had flown us out to China to make a documentary that unfortunately never came to be. But I did get to spend a week in, in China. And um, I was roommates with Matt for the entire week. Oh, and wow. we, you know, just, you know, just got, we got along. You know, he's a, he's a completely different person than I am in, in so many different <laughs> ways. But, uh, you know, we, we formed this friendship. And I think at that point, I had made so many things with him. You know, and I think he just he he trusted me and he knew what was going to happen. And it was already in like an emotional state. And he was saying goodbye to a lot of people and he was excited and and all these other things that were happening. So I didn't I definitely didn't expect him to 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 get emotional when answering that question. But looking back on it, it completely makes sense on, on why he did. And, you know, there there'd be. Uh, I was trying to think of some some other really interesting interviews that I had. Um, uh, like I'd always be surprised at, at some of the things that uh, that uh, Darby Allen would say, and Jason <laughs> and Jason Kincaid was another good one. Yeah. Ah man, he just like some of the things that just came out of uh, his his mind were just like these really weird poetic, odd odd. Uh, chunks of verbs i don't even know what it was uh but he was just he was an interesting guy to be around um and thatcher too thatcher was another one because it was like you know you have thatcher this super stoic 
just badass, right? Like he yeah. can, he could just he could do he could just murder anybody that he wanted to, but just such a nice nice charming dude who liked punk rock, you know. I, some of the things, <laughs> you know, talking talking to him, uh, especially on camera, I would just kind of turn it on, and sometimes you'd be worried. I'm like, oh man, is because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't really like to do a lot of promos, doesn't like to do a lot of interviews and and stuff like that. And is, is it going to be good? But man, like every time I could just point the camera at him, and he would just, he just, he just said this great stuff, and it just conveyed exactly what I, I was looking for. So I was always pleasantly surprised with Tim, and I was like, man, he's 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 the best. He's just such a pro. Um, and um, another interesting, another interesting person was, was Austin Theory. You know, yeah. young young kid. I do the same thing. I turn the camera on, and he just kind of would. I, when we were first starting out, because he's much more the the you know the good guy, the face. He's this honest, open kid, and gave really good stuff. And I'm like, well, he's really good. He's good. He's. I think he's gonna <laughs> be something really special. And then when he's the full blown, you know, Austin heel, he another another guy that would just like turn it on and just you know how to say uh, those right things. Um, and yeah, it, it was always, it was always a nice, easy time with Evolve because the, you know, the roster there, everyone was for the most part was pretty much a pro, you know, I could just turn the camera on and kind of let them go. And I'd always be really happy with, with everything that I got. And same with Gabe, you know, it, it didn't take much to get things out of them because, you know, there's, there's a reason they were there. Um, yes. I think oh, there's another really good one. I think JD Drake, right? So yes. JD Drake and Austin Theory had the big big match in in the tenth anniversary, and he got real emotional talking about like real life, you know, uh, how he wasn't always there for his kids. Uh, he's wrestling, he's working multiple jobs, and that's a thing that I think a lot of people could relate to. And and he he also too got really emotional. And it was supposed to be this like super tough guy, awesome promo, but he he delivered this really tender, great moment and it played well, uh, off of Austin theory who came in as this cocky, you know, jerk. And I remember even filming the stuff with, with Drake. He's talking about something really sad. And I think like the sun in the background naturally kind of go went <laughs> a cloud went over and it got really dark in the room. And then all of a sudden, when he started talking about something a little bit nicer, the cloud went away and it brightened up in the room. I was like, "Oh, that's a happy accident there," you know. Yeah. So it was a nice little moment. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. Just that there were so many different um, subjects to the to the interviews, and they always felt so. As you said, everyone felt like a pro. They felt so well uh, produced, and the wrestlers themselves um, were just so. Um, good at what they you know what they were saying and what and and in i always got a very um much the integrity in that you you know you were able as i said earlier on to sort of push the curtain back a little bit and hear from the wrestlers them as people which was always a really um special thing to be able to um you know take away from watching the documentaries and as you mentioned in terms of being pros um you had an opportunity to see so many great um evolve shows and matches um 
did you have any or do you have any standout matches you were there for either ringside or you know when they were taking place what you were sort of in attendance and were like wow this is you know some of the best wrestling i've ever seen or in the world were there any standout matches for you um maybe uh, i really liked the the drake theory uh 10th anniversary match it 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 was it was a big moment because it was you know it was in philadelphia uh i think Heyman came out at one point it was just, yeah all these great little moments that kind of came together and they and they both really they had the crowd with them the whole time um i i really liked the zach saber jr thatcher match for the title i thought that, that was a great moment too uh and once again it was in the boom and it was just so just like so loud and so deafening uh when that happened um like I think I've seen like a lot of the title changes and most of all of those title changes have been like, Whoa, this is a moment. Like, um, I, um, same with, with, with Jaka and, uh, Chris Dickinson losing the title actually to Drake and Anthony Henry. And that was a great little moment The the crowd like surrounded the ring and started like banging on the mat. And it was, it did. Yeah. It was a great, it was a really cool moment. Um, man, there's, I, I always like the evolved shows because they always found a good way as a total, like the whole show as a total, like the, the matches would always be like the right length where they wouldn't go too long, but they would just be maybe almost a little bit too short. So I'd almost want to see like a little bit more. Maybe I, I was a good thing. It was just like, Oh, I want to see more of this. I want to see more of that. And I, I always thought evolved did that really well. Um, but yeah, those are like the first kind of matches that really pop up in my head. Like, oh, that was really good. That was a lot of fun. Um, I'm sh- there's so many. That's the the thing. I've it all blurs together at some point when I'm when I'm filming this stuff. I'm I'm not really noticing as many things. Like I'm I'm looking at the shots. I'm like looking at the things that I'm trying to capture. I'm trying to get the energy of the crowd, and I'm worried. I don't want to like step in front of you know uh, the WWN cameras or have some. Yeah someone fall on me or you know anything else <laughs> happening crazy ringside so it's like all these things are going through my head i don't really get a chance to think about like the great matches until much later if i go back and re-watch some of the things so when i'm there in the moment i'm there in the moment just taking everything in and it's it's hard to step back sometimes and look at the match itself and and take it all in but um yeah i think some of those matches are um I was there for I've been like phenomenal in in general so yeah um even watching them on dvd uh, obviously not living in the uk so and following the promotion some of those title changes you mentioned and some of those moments uh you know stand out um like I'd, I'd completely forgotten about the crowd um coming around the ring for jd and uh anthony henry and um, which was mm-hmm. kind of their big moment and you know when they suddenly shocked the evolve fans and won the belts which was a great moment for them and you know uk's own zack saber jr finally winning the evolved title was great and um when as i mentioned um johnny left for uh for the wwe um and mm-hmm. the 10th anniversary as well when pit Heyman did come out and the relationship between him and and gabe you know so that was another standout moment definitely um oh, yeah you mentioned as well in terms of just then that you're always wanting to fit everything into the shot. Or you want to not um, take away from anything on the camera. 
Um, for any tech buffs out there, what actual camera do you use or which cameras do you use to record the action with? And also, do you have any particular software you um, use? And the reason I ask that is because I love the um, the graphics used on the documentaries. Like the, um, There was a little bit on one of the Matt Riddle ones where um, you said about, as I mentioned, the bro nation and when he was fist bumping all the fans and there was kind of like sparks coming out when he was fist bumping the fans and, mm-hmm. you know, um, some of Darby's stuff was a lot darker and, you know, the way it was edited, it was a lot darker. And same with um, Drew Galloway where it was a lot more, sort of satanic the way it was shot and everything um so what kind of camera do you use and the software you use afterwards to edit with um i use a my main camera is a panasonic uh, gh5 which is a lot of love and hate with that camera but it, it captures an amazing image and it's this reliable machine and i feel like i could you know it could fall off a building and still be fine like, <laughs> those, those cameras are great small nimble they stay out of the way it's just there's a lot of features in it for filmmaking and i can capture really good audio um audio is like a big big thing with me when i have i usually have two microphones going usually like a lavalier and a shotgun and i'm always trying to capture the best sound possible when doing any type of interview or anything in general um but yeah that's that's that was my main camera great you can do great slow motion you can do regular you know um and so occasionally I would use a Canon uh, C100 and a Canon C200 uh, that I would either rent or borrow from the, an old um, video marketing company that I used to work for. And editing-wise, I use mainly Adobe products, and so I'm able to use like After Effects and Premiere and all kinds of things. I can touch things up in, in Audition with audio. Yeah. Most of those, the graphics that I have, um, the, the, they're just kind of these simple overlays that I find online um, through giant collections. I'm either buying or just finding them in various locations. Um, um, it, and it's 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 really just nothing. It's it's nothing too complicated. It's mainly just, I guess, how I use it, which is the more important thing, you know, with, yeah. uh, with Galloway, we talked a lot about like, you know, uh, at the time had burn it down, uh, and just kind of like, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it was kind of like you, you lose everything in, in, I kind of, I was trying to find some, a little bit of a hidden story there where it was like, you know, he lost everything essentially. It was almost like he, um, lost everything in a house fire. So I was like, okay, what can I use to show that? I'll, I'll go really overboard with the flames. And he even says in there at one point, it was like baptism through fire. You know, yeah. when he went, when he was initially in, in WWE and I think Vince McMahon called him the chosen one and all this stuff. And, you know, that was a hard moniker to live up to. And it, 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 it was once again, the baptism through fire. So how, what can I find to, to really showcase that? And I found just some uh i went online and and found uh images and video of people uh starting giant bonfires and that was it i would (laughs) i I would download it and then i would overlay that over some of the footage he was saying i'd use it as transitions and fireballs and sounds and stuff like that to really drive home the whole fire thing um and and you know as far as like the the whole bro thing with Matt Riddle, there's like common little things that you can buy and find on a, a lot of different platforms online. And it was all about just placement, you know, putting these little animated popping graphic things up 
I know Matt was, he's a big Dragon Ball Z fan. So I was like trying to put like the little kind of Super Saiyan thing, anime, a touch <laughs> to it. And it's kind of goofy and light and fun. And that's kind of what Matt is. So it's all about finding like, like why am I using these things? And hopefully that is the reason that people remember it because it was a good use of it. So it's like, like I said, with Drew, finding the flames, uh, finding these these unique transitions. Uh, Darby would film stuff in black and white and gritty and skateboard-like because he came from a world of skateboarding. So I'd look at like skateboard videos and how they were shot on like these old, you know, uh, DV cameras and the footage wouldn't always look so good and it'd look all messed up. So I was like, okay, that's, that's a good way to visually uh tell his story like try to find visual identifiers for these characters and attach something to them ethan page you know he was kind of this um kind of almost like a glitch in the system right he probably he he, his character was definitely didn't fit in with evolve so i was like okay i'll kind of put these like digital scratches and interfaces uh in there once again i just find like these um little digital um uh, tape mess ups you could find them on youtube even you download it and then you'd overlay it over the footage it had layers to the footage essentially add layers to these characters that's that's all you're kind of doing and um yeah it's 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 just finding a creative way to visually identify each of these characters yeah i loved each identity to each different documentary i thought the a use of editing i think i mentioned actually in a tweet to you um a few years ago i just i loved the use of editing in those documentaries and uh um Perfect. yeah I, I just thought they were just so um each one was all unique and they all had that identifiers and they all just were able to tell a great visual story as well as a great um you know story through um the spoken word you know which is it was really unique at the time. You know, there wasn't really anything else like them, um, yeah. which was great as well to be able to enjoy as a fan. And what was cool just then is you mentioned about Matt's love of Dragon Ball Z. And I know from looking, one of your other great loves in life is um, is comics and comic books. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, so uh, as a general question, are you a Marvel or a DC fan? And what are some of your favorite uh, comic book reads growing up or, you know... <sighs> of today oh oh man I'm, I'm a big marvel fan um huge marvel fan i still i every month i got my i got my comic book box i go to a local comic book shop and they they pull the comics and keep them for me so i could buy them oh, wow. <laughs> I, I've, I've been collecting i think spider-man amazing spider-man i had it's, it has to be 25 years something wow. something insane like that um uh yeah big fan of of amazing spider-man um huge fan of uh the fantastic four as well kind of this campy lighthearted, fun you know family of <laughs> cosmonauts um a big big fan of captain america as well like uh, some of my i think one of my favorite stories is um of course the winter soldier arc the uh, uh ed brubaker uh winter soldier arc in, in captain america which you know they turned into uh I think the the second Captain America film, uh, that was one of my favorite books. Uh, I'm a huge fan of, uh, if anyone knows Nick Spencer, um, and his superior foes of Spider-Man, it was just these D list, C list supervillains just getting together and just <laughs> screwing over each other and just, just a bunch of losers getting together. Uh, so yeah, yeah, huge, huge Marvel fan. I have, 
I don't even know how many comic books. There's these giant comic book boxes behind me. I think I have like, I don't know, maybe 12 boxes worth of stuff. And wow. It's just, I, yeah, I love, I love comic books. I, I love the, the history, the, the creation, um, everything. I, and it kind of, you know, it has a little bit of a, you know, plays into to the movie making as well. You know, you could look at a comic book panel and that's kind of like a storyboard for a film, you know, when, you're, when you're sitting alone as a kid and you're reading it and you can kind of hear the voices and see uh, hear the music and the sound effects in your head and it's just great I, I absolutely love love everything about comic books yeah I mean I love comics as well um, about earlier on when the, when your uh, turtle started um, you know, <laughs> making a bit of noise with his rock I was about to say is he called either Michelangelo Donatello Raphael or, <laughs> or uh, Leonardo <laughs> being that I'm a big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan oh nice um, <laughs> what is his name by the way oh my, the say? turtle's name his name is Squirt it's nothing, <laughs> nothing too exciting they usually just yell at him call him turtle but you know, he's <laughs> He's a fun. He's a funny little guy, but he just gets like sometimes he just gets so freaking excited, and it's always <laughs> when I'm, you know, recording something audio wise or I'm on the phone or something. He just gets real excited and starts like splashing around his tank. He's got like a little Aww. rock, and he just keeps rocking it and messing around with it. And Aww. he's always just he's ready to have fun and ready to go and just do crazy stuff in his tank. And it <laughs> always happens when I'm like. I just need to be quiet for like a couple minutes, man. And it's always when I'm like, there's nothing happening. He can make as much noise as he wants. He, he's usually asleep or whatever. So the irony. He hasn't detracted from the interview at all. So oh, good, yeah. Um, so in, in t- one other thing, interestingly, is wrestling and comic books, kind of the good, the good and evil side of things, kind of go hand in hand. I mean, do you see that... Um, just like me kind of as a fan of both like do you see that sort of parallel between the two of them um when uh, you're yeah. watching wrestling yeah i mean i i see that quite a lot i just wondered with you being such a large fan if you kind of see that or whether growing up you saw that if you watched wrestling when you were younger and then they kind of paralleled one another to you growing up as a kid like they did do to me um it was just one of those curious questions um, i wondered about yeah and it, with wrestling it's very much um like I feel like the 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 best kind of storylines have easily identifiable. Uh, this is a villain. This is a hero. You know, and it kind of the same goes with comic books. You know who you know. Green Goblin's the bad guy. You know, Spider Man's a good guy. Green Goblin will give you several reasons why he is the bad guy, and Spider Man will give you several reasons why he is the heroic do-gooder who will you know uh, essentially sacrifice himself to save somebody and. And yeah, you can you could see a lot of parallels there with with wrestling. With you know, you have the you know the uh, the absolute black heart uh, Tommaso Ciampa who's yeah. willing to do whatever, and you have you know the all heart uh, passionate Johnny Gargano and their their amazing feud that lasted forever. I think <laughs> I think it's over now, but yeah, it was like you know that's a that's a great identifier there, and and even and especially like. A lot, a lot, a lot of wrestlers are big comic book fans too. You, mm. you just look at yeah. their tights. You look at their tights, and you'll be <laughs> like, "Okay, that's, I understand what that reference is." Or, you know, "Oh, hey, that looks like what's so and so." Yeah, it, I, yeah. I always say that wrestling is kind of the at, at its at when it's done really well. It's like the best. It's the purest form of storytelling, 
and it's it can be done really well with your hero, your villain. You have a conflict. You have uh, a rising action. You have uh, and then kind of your your resolution. You know, it has it has it all there for you, and it's done in a really kind of almost direct and obvious way. And sometimes when I'm explaining to other people, um, I also write and produce these short. Uh, like mini video essays for IMDb and uh, my friend and I, Brandon Hardesty do that. And we will research uh, various movies. And I always try to explain to Brandon on certain movies. I I almost kind of explain it a little bit in a wrestling way where I like, well, the reason he did this is because you got to reestablish this, this thing and show that he's the real bad guy. And, but you can't, he, you can't bury him. You gotta, you gotta put this (laughs) over at a certain point. And I explain it like that because of, that's kind of how wrestling has taught me in a way where it's like it's really helped me understand storytelling and story making in a whole new way and it's it's really helped me as a filmmaker too so i'm I'm able to kind of see those things and and develop those things thanks to wrestling but uh yeah comic books and wrestling they definitely go hand in hand you know yeah when when they're both done right uh, you'll have this great collection of good versus evil. So, and that's what comic books are. Definitely. Um, and I completely agree. You know, the I think it's that whole um, harking back to your childhood kind of thing where, you know, you always want the good guy to win. You might like the bad guy and you might, you know, want, you know, have sort of a love for the bad guy, but, you know, you'd always want the good guy to conquer the evil in the end, you know, even though you wouldn't really want to say it to your friends if they're, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a yeah. bit like the closet John Cena fans where, you know, oh yeah. no, but yeah. I'm, I'm a big John Cena fan, you know, so I'm not going to. Oh, yeah, I love, I love John Cena. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I really do generally like. Uh, a lot of things in in wrestling. Um, I'm I'm a big Roman Reigns fan, but yes. you know I'm I'm also you know, a big Cesaro fan. Like I, mm-hmm. I like I like a, a lot of things. And I understand like th- there's a reason for each thing to happen and for a certain person to be at a certain part in the roster. Um, and and if you just kind of step back and and look at it and appreciate it for for what it is, like you know. You need that. You need that larger than life hero, or you need that larger than life villain, to help progress a storyline. To really add that impact. Like I really don't like this one person. I hate him, and that's good. That's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to like that villain. You're supposed to hate him. You know, and that that's that creates drama. That creates conflict, and therefore you want to see the good guy beat them, and or you know whatever. That's you know that's what makes, you know that's what made Triple H just a great villain when when he was messing around with Daniel Bryan. You know you, yeah. you wanted you wanted Daniel Bryan just to, you know, beat him up and and win, and then he did. So it all worked. <laughs> it worked. He they did exactly what they wanted me to, or they they made me feel exactly how they wanted me to feel. You know, so it's like uh, open manipulation. I know Definitely. I know what's happening, but go <laughs> go along for the ride. Definitely. Um, it, it's, you know, when it's done right, there's nothing else, um, you know, that compares to it. I think it's just like, you, you know, as you mentioned earlier on, you know, performance art and 
you know, um, sort of theatre and it, the sports aspect of it. It's got so many different layers to it. And, you know, similarly with comic books, you know, you've got the art styles, you've got the colouring, you've got the um, the literature side of it, you've got the, the panelling, which can turn into shots, you know, the, this mm-hmm. and the good and the evil aspect. So there's always so many different layers to it. And they're always so, you know, there's a lot of depth to things, what I think gets lost sometimes, um, which is a shame. Um, but it is um, definitely... One of those, one of those things where, as a, um, well, in your your line of work, being a, a documentary maker and a, and a filmmaker, you know, it, it's kind of you know vital to be able to um, find that. And one of the other questions I was going to ask was that um, if this is kind of a bit of a um, sort of dream question, sort of in a way. But if you could um, shoot any kind of feature film what would the film be about and who would you like to star in it or what would who would you like how would you like to shoot it if you could make any kind of a feature film uh um i any type of feature film it's i'd rather like to do like a really good uh documentary that explores some type of subject some type of thing that i don't know yet like i'm I, that's the 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 joy of filmmaking is trying to find what's the what's the story I want to cover. What's the thing I really want to explore? Um, I maybe in like a narrative film, I would just like to do uh, just just like maybe a fun, lighthearted comedy that <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I would just have. I, I would enjoy making. You know, um, yeah. Casting. I would love to cast. Man, I, would, I don't know who I would cast. I I've I've always been a big fan of. Um, of course, Bill Murray, you know, who wouldn't want to work yeah. with Bill Murray, but you know, who knows? Um, uh, I, I, there's, I would, you know, I'd probably cast like a bunch of fun wrestlers too. You know, I would just get really <laughs> weird with it. I would love to, uh, uh, I would, I would throw in a uh, Chuck Taylor, you know, I think he, <laughs> Dustin. Yeah. Dustin. I, I love that. I would love to work with him. Um, uh, even even crazy Joey Janela, you know, to throw throw some. Of the, I would like to just throw some people in there that, that, that maybe you'd be like, oh, can that can that person really do something? And then they really do, and you're like, oh wow, like I like to find like kind of like a, a little bit of an unknown talent and put them in a movie somewhere. Um, <laughs> it's usually I, you know, just these kind of. I, I would love to do some type of weird, dry sense of humor and uh, comedy or maybe like a little bit of a weird series or something and, and just have really have fun with my friends at the end of the day. That's, that's what it'd be all about. Yeah. I would love, I would love to invite, you know, uh, friends from all different walks of life from that I've met along the way, especially, you know, in wrestling and, and have them appear in like some weird narrative film that I could make. And it'd just be a fun way to hang out and, you know, make, 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 make each other laugh and put together something that can make other people laugh. So, that that would be the ultimate goal right there. That would that'd be a lot of fun. You'd never probably guess that from. I feel like I do a lot more of these uh, serious, at, at times maybe dark or or uh, very heartwarming, dramatic things. But I I think I, I would I would enjoy doing um, much more comedic uh, comedic films. So yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll probably figure it out one of these days. I feel like if I figure it out, I have to go make it. So. I can't. I don't know yet. I gotta. I gotta think of something, and then I'll go make it. Definitely. So, and sometimes inspiration can just come from, you know, an instantaneous moment, or from, you know, just um, 
a spur of the moment thing like you can just suddenly think or something can happen you think that works we'll go with it you know i mean um, yeah. i think you mentioned earlier on um this kind of is a two-part question but you mentioned that you are working with the uh, internet movie database so imdb and mm-hmm. um after sort of evolving the wrestling side of things what have you been doing have you been busy during the pandemic and kind of what future projects have you got lined up either in wrestling or outside of wrestling um during covid yeah i've been i i have a little bit of a small company with uh, my friend brandon hardesty and we make a variety of of these video essays for imdb like i was saying uh we've been very busy with that we make like uh like four or five of them a month it's constant so it's 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 a series called no small parts and it's almost like a video essay a video resume of certain actors in, that are coming out and that are appearing in new films or TV shows that are coming out. Uh, like we recently did one on, uh, I'm looking over my list here, Jason Schwartzman. He's in Fargo. He was in, uh, he was in Rushmore. So I was able to bring in all my Wes Anderson knowledge into that. <laughs> um, I just finished one today, earlier today on uh, Lily James. I don't know if you know who she is. She was in yesterday. She's been in Downton Abbey. Um, oh yeah. And we're we're working on one on Sasha Baron Cohen for the new Borat, oh, Borat. movie. So yeah, it's like nice. we do we we do a, a combination of all kinds of people. Um, and then we're also working on another video series called Directors Trademarks, and that is going. Our first episode is going to be on uh, Taika Waititi, who did. Uh, best known for Jojo Rabbit, Thor Ragnarok, uh, great New Zealand director. Kind of, uh, that would be a great career if I could have a career like his. Comedy, <laughs> drama, lots of fun quirkiness. So, yeah, that uh, that's what we've been doing. Um, as far as like wrestling documentaries go, well, there haven't been as many shows during uh, all, the, all the stuff that's been going on during the pandemic. Uh, there's been a couple of more Actually, there's been a couple of recent ones, but um, I'm trying, hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, I'd, I would like to do something uh, with either uh, Dan Housen, who oh, I absolutely, yeah. absolutely love, uh, yeah. that weirdo, um, <laughs> and uh, 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 Matt Tremont, who is who's getting ready to kind of have his kind of his last match at the end mm. of October, and I'd like to kind of tell that story. That'd be a unique story to tell um i'm always looking at i'm looking at like certain careers and certain stories that can help translate into uh other non-wrestling fans watching so it's like you know matt who's who i don't know if you ever met him but he's he's another super nice guy and you never guess it looking at all the crazy violent death match (laughs) blood soaked you know fights that he's been in uh very nice guy uh he's got he's got a he's got a great school in jersey um called h2o and and, uh he's really trying to get that off the ground and i want to showcase that i want to show like okay what's the next step in your career after you've stopped uh doing stuff in the ring how are you transitioning into running a school running a promotion helping train a new generation of of wrestlers like I, i i would like to tell that story uh and that's what that's always what i'm trying to look for is what what's an interesting thing or story that i can tell to other people that is not it's about wrestling but it's not about wrestling at the same at the end of the day 
Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that's, those are kind of the things I have, uh, on the horizon and yeah, I, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm also working with, um, uh, uh, a guy who makes uh, videos for, uh, about Disney world and oh, various cool. other things. That's, that's a whole other can of worms right there. The, <laughs> the, the Disney YouTubers, it's very, very, very strange, very strange world. Uh, but he, he makes, uh, video essays about, uh, kind of the evolution of certain costume characters at the theme parks. And it's a little, it's a super, super, super niche crowd, but, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Most of the time, it's just the two of us hanging out and, and goofing off and laughing and and laughing at each other. His name is uh, his name is Disney Dan, and he mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it's once again, it's just I found this formed this relationship uh, with a person who we have the same kind of uh, sense of humor, and we make videos together, and it's, it's really yeah, you know, that's yeah. that's what it, that's what it boils down to with a lot of these wrestling documentaries is hey, you know. You seem like a cool person. Uh, can I help tell your story in some way? And then maybe I'll find out a little bit of something about myself that I wasn't even uh, thinking about. So eh, that's that's really it. That's all I got on the plate for me right now. That's enough on the plate, uh, Kenny. I think I yeah. there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, sounds great. You know, can't wait to check out um, some of the um, IMDb um, video um, essays. They sound great. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm sure like the rest of your work, it'll be, you know, top notch and incredible. You know, I just can't wait to check them out. Um, yeah, thanks. And no, you're welcome. And just um, the final, well, there's two final questions, but the main final question is, how does it feel kind of being um, a filmmaker for um, nearly 10 years? And with that, um, what um, sort of advice would you give to any um, aspiring filmmakers or sort of wrestling filmmakers who were listening or you know what would what would you say to them uh don't be afraid to fail just go out and do it um <laughs> you're, you're gonna you're gonna fail and it's perfectly fine and you're gonna learn a lot from that failure and and make sure to learn and always kind of go in with an open sense of of wonder and and try to learn from each project that you you work on I um and and take advice from everybody and really and really listen like really listen and take it in and don't be afraid to uh you know don't 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 ignore people if they come to you with advice listen to what they have to say and 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 grow from it you know it's there's there's so much wrestling video stuff that's happening right now um and it's really easy to look at what other people are doing and try to emulate that and it's a good starting point that'll really help you kind of figure out you know how to how to do this how to put something together is look at other people and kind of emulate them but it comes to a point where it's like okay how can you grow how can you learn and how can you start describing and having your own voice? So it's, it's, don't be afraid to, to, to fail. Once again, challenge yourself, stick your neck out there. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but grow from that, you know, take some challenge or take some risks and, and, and have fun with it. And man, there's, there's so many easy 
and great cameras and film equipment out there to use that's cheap this is like a good time to get into it because it's so cheap but it's also super competitive so make (laughs) sure if you do make something um you know make it to the best of your ability and um always 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 learn that's that's probably the, the most important thing i can say is just go for it man just do it if you got an idea yeah. go out there go out there and just 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 try it even if you fail who cares you, then you can say i tried at least you know definitely so yeah that's that's my advice i think that's the best advice you know i can't disagree with any of that you know try and if you do fail you learn from your mistakes or you know you can use them uh, to you know help you move on and you know grow and be able to find that um talent in you and to be able to you know get those breaks um which you know lead on to other things as as they have with you and you know it's been an absolute pleasure to be able to finally speak to kenny after as i said at the beginning of the interview after so many years of watching your work it's an absolute pleasure to have been able to talk to you and learn yeah. about how you work um and yeah, no, you know no no, you're thank welcome. you yeah that's no, a very you. very i really appreciate that thank you very much no you're welcome it it, it as I said, you know, I um I'll have seen a lot of wrestling, you know, documentaries and, and just general documentaries and, you know, I, I find your work very high quality and very, you know, um I, I would go as far as to say profound in the sense, both artistically and just in terms of its integrity. Like I said, the as I said, the Matt Riddle documentary especially was the one which, you know, um touched with me just because of how um emotional i got watching it so you know that's the one that stands out to me the most but i love i love all the documentaries but that's the one where i think yeah you know this was really special for me so absolute privilege kenny um and thank you now you're welcome and um just to finish off um if people would like to connect with you either on social media or support your projects or um you know watch your work where can people find you or um find you online yeah Twitter is probably the, the, one of the easiest ways to, to find me. I'm at uh, at Ken Johnson one zero two eight, and uh, I have links right in there to my YouTube channel. Or just look it up, uh, YouTube.com/slash/KJohnson one zero two eight, or just type in if you type in Kenny Johnson wrestling documentaries in the YouTube, <laughs> it's, I'm probably be one of the first ones on there. You know, look up Joey Janela or Orange Cassidy. I forgot, I totally forgot to mention Orange Cassidy. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he's another great guy. I love him so much. He's just he, man. That whole, that whole documentary was just a, a joke for myself because I just I just liked Orange Cassidy so much. <laughs> and this was a couple years ago. I don't remember when I made this. Um, and I just remember driving up to Pennsylvania for this really, really, really long show, and it was him and Colt Cabana in the main event. <laughs> God, it was like a five-hour show. It was so so long. But uh, I was just such a big fan of his. I'm like, hey, man, can I just come film this thing? And um, I wanted to film. I didn't want to put him on camera talking. Uh, so I kind of put put I used his voice underneath some footage because I didn't want to break. I don't want to break the Orange Cassidy facade that much. But, uh, man, he's just one of the one of the funniest people that I've ever met. And just such yeah. a brilliant mind and an amazing, amazing wrestler. He even made a cameo in 
in one of my early Evolve documentaries. I think it was either on Tracy Williams or Drew Gulak. And we were working at the Chikara School. And I think everyone got in trouble for it because we weren't allowed to film there. But we filmed there anyway. And it was um, Orange Cassidy was the trainer at uh, the Chikara School, I believe. And he uh, he was training some guys. And I, I tried not to show too much of him uh, training guys in the background while I was shooting B-roll of, of uh, Tracy Williams and Drew Gulak, but you can kind of see his elbow or shoulder in there every once in a while. And then, <laughs> that's him. Uh, and uh, man, yeah, top top tier wrestler, top tier comedic talent. Oh yeah, just a freaking like you haven't even seen what he's fully capable of yet. I will say that. So he's just man, he's great. I absolutely lo- I loved working with him <laughs> and. Uh, I would work with him again in a literal heartbeat, you know, I, I'll do whatever. So, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, look up and check out any, any of my documentaries, you know, the, 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 the best thing you can do is just watch my stuff and then share it with other people. And, uh, that, that those watching it for even a couple of minutes, like those, that goes a long way and it really helps me. And it, it, it's, you know, it helps me be able to make more of these things. So, so, yeah, just please keep watching, keep checking stuff out, and I really, really appreciate anybody who, who supports it in any way. So thank you. No, thank you, Kenny, and thank you for entertaining us all and for so long, and you know, sharing so many great stories and your knowledge of filmmaking uh, this evening for me, this afternoon for you. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was great to be able to hear squirt in the background as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> like orange gas. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. No, it's been an absolute pleasure, Kenny. Thank you. And right. um, I'll just finish off by um, saying that if you'd like to find um, the BBG Wrestling um, Twitter podcast, um, we're at Twitter, at BBG Wrestling. And um, we're also online. So our website is www.bbgwrestling.com. So um, that wraps things up, Kenny. Um, stay safe during COVID. Um, and the same to... Um, your family as well and um, I just hope that you know everything goes well for you and uh, hopefully speak to you again soon yeah man thank you uh, yeah I really appreciate all the kind words and taking the time to sit down and have a little chat with me so I, 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 I appreciate it and yeah let me know if you need anything else I can send you over this audio too and everything that you need that's wonderful thank you Kenny and yeah. um, as I said keep safe Yeah, yeah yeah you as well man uh, be safe and and uh yeah keep doing your thing i appreciate it no you're welcome thank you